This is the Douglas Robin Show. Welcome to Douglas Robin's Den of Discussion video blog number seven. Today's topic is writing and depression. And uh, this is something that has, has haunted me deeply over the years since I was even a child before I was writing. So I might be a bit um, desultory, to use a fancy word, or you know, all over the place. Um, writing haunts many people, writers uh, and creative types seem to be more affected or in that top 10 of people who are depressed. And perhaps we struggle with a, a bipolar or some sort of mental issue. But it can be the most debilitating thing to strike you. There were times in my life that I've been suicidal, though I never did anything but wanted that death to sweep me away. Or I was in so much pain, I would lay on the floor just with, with no energy to get off the floor as if all of the light, all of the energy, all of the life vitality had escaped me. And all I could do was lay there in pain. There are other times where there's no light or love that gets in or out, no matter who is around me. I have nothing to offer sealed up in that nasty box of pain and shame. You know, it strike people from Ernest Hemingway to J.K. Rowling, from Annie Lamont to Virginia Woolf. It is something perhaps in the pores of a writer, but perhaps deeper than that, it is in the pore of someone who feels, someone who has experienced pain or, or wants to understand life at a deeper level. Uh, you have to have pain to have depression. And often that depression is like a cloud. You can't even pinpoint why it's there or why you're feeling it. But often with writers or creative types, there's a lack of love deep down, a shame deep down that we're wanting someone or something to approve of us, to validate us. When we send out a work to an agent or to a publishing house or wherever, and you get crickets in return, you have these high hopes, your heart is filled, and then it's silence. It's almost like this un, unrequited love at times, and it is devastating. I cannot write when I'm depressed. I can barely think. It's enough just to keep my ass on a couch sitting it's as if all of the connections to myself to the higher source to the sacred anything i truly am just evaporates so i'm going to be looking at some notes as we go through this um 
sometimes even I'm not a big fan of, of medications or, or chemicals at this point in my life. Um, when I used to be alone or, or not married, I would party and that would alleviate it momentarily. And then the next day was even worse. Just that vacuum of loneliness, that vacuum of isolation. The worst feeling there is, and you, you want death to come sweep you away because that pain is so overwhelming and it's just anything to stop that pain. So I don't do any of that partying the way I used to and uh, try to live a cleaner, healthier life now. Um, I'll take something called Mintran, which is a, a natural vitamin uh, boost sort of um, states. Um, I even take zinc, which is, helps the immune system. Um, you know, obviously people can take Prozac and whatnot, but um, I also try to just go out and do some, you know, sometimes go out into the sun, just break it up or just go sit outside, watch something funny. Sometimes, you know, writers, you know, some of the articles I've read on the subject were addressing, well, it's because writers are alone a lot. Um, you know, isolation is, is, is deadly. But I'm not sure that's why writers are alone so much. I think we, we, we want to be alone a lot. And sometimes that's the only way, you know, to write, obviously, is to be alone and to have your own thoughts and, um, you know, not be distracted by the world and, and uh, you know, busyness or shopping or something along those lines. But um, so I'm going to look at my notes and just, you know, keep speaking. Um, you know, there are times that, that I have a sweet daughter who, who's 10 and she's the sweetest thing, um, just filled with love. And when I'm in this nasty place, that lovelessness comes out in me and I'll bark or I'll be short with her or I'll be, you know, a jerk. Um, because that part of me is almost defending this pain, this wound that you put your finger on and I'll bark at her and be nasty. And I realize like, there's no malice in her. There's no agenda in her, but that part of me will attack, attack to pr protect that wound. But this is also an opportunity to say, well, what is this wound? What is this feeling I have? Why do I want to lash out at someone? to protect and preserve. Um, so at times, these are opportunities to heal. There are also times to say, you know, I don't have love for myself in this place. And maybe I should, you know, that's another thing I've learned over the years is to try to put some love in there. Even if I don't have love or if I don't have much to give, trying to put love in that spot that feels so empty, it is devastating. I've been struggling with it a bit today as well. But I've learned some exercises and I'm, I'm trying not to perpetuate it by seeking more and more damaged parts of me and trying to heal. So sometimes I'll put some love into an area where I'm feeling negative and that, that can often help. Um, 
And then, of course, I, I feel horrible thinking, oh, what have I said to my kid? Doesn't deserve that. And then I feel even worse. And I have to apologize. And it's this terrible cycle. Um, so again, if we can, it's hard to sometimes because we're so reactionary when we're in this state. We have so little patience and nothing to offer. But if we can give us a, ourselves a little space or distance before we react, or even be aware of how we're feeling, it, maybe the reaction won't be as harsh and maybe the apology won't be as necessary. Another thing uh, can be bad about writing, and maybe I went over this already, I don't even know, um, is writing is an isolating process. And sending it out is an isolating process. And you can send it to 10 publishers, 10 agents, whatever it might be, and you might not get a response. You might get crickets. You might get a form letter. You might not, you know, not get accepted for something that is a part of you. So it's almost like saying to someone, I love you dearly, love me back. And often it's not the case. And so that's another thing we all have to work on. What are we really asking of the writing? To validate us as humans, to validate that, that we're worthwhile. Well, of course we're worthwhile. But it's a tricky thing, right? Because we, we want to be successful. Maybe we're in some job that we're desperate to get out of and the writing is going to save us. Writing can't save us. It's that emotional state can save us. And it key, that emotional state is also what keeps us moving forward because it's so easy, to, especially when you suffer from depression or, or a lack of self-esteem or whatever is plaguing you, to put something out there and then be stopped immediately because you didn't get the response you want. Like I said, it's like asking a girl out you're infatuated with or in love with, and you've thought about all these ways of how you're going to do it, and she's not interested and it's right can be devastating so it's a very similar uh relationship that it can be very dysfunctional writing the writing is pure but once we go outside of that and ask for others to approve to buy to, to honor to love we're asking them to love us and that's a slippery slope so we have to keep putting that love in for ourselves because this is why so many celebrities crash and burn, because they don't have that emotional fortitude. Not they have, we have to be perfect, but we have to understand what it is we're asking. So when you pour your love into something, it's just natural to want to get it back. And, you know, if you were a musician or something, you could go down to the lo local bar and, and try out your, your music. It's not as easy with writing. You might be able to go to, um, you know, an open mic or something like that, and that's fine, but that's not a, uh, something that we're really able to do all the time. But um, this is why you want to have friends and maybe a writer's group or, or some people, someone you love and can trust to share this with. Um, and bounce ideas off of and have people read your stuff and you know because is it going to be perfect we all want it to be perfect but it's usually not everything needs to be edited down and maybe you got too much of this and too little of that 
um, you know, plot and storyline and, you know, the characters develop or they have arcs, all these kind of things. Many things writers need to balance. Um, this is why we need, you know, people. Even though the practice, the practice is isolating, we still are social creatures and we still need uh, to interact with others. So I would certainly encourage you to find that uh, as well. Um, if you don't have it already. And you know, the other thing about writing or even just the human condition is that tendency to commiserate. Let's go get drunk and, and party it up and we'll complain about how stuck we are and all those kind of things. And you know, we all do that to whatever extent and I've certainly done you know, my, my fair share of it. That bitterness sets in that feeling of lack, that feeling of I can't ever get to the mountaintop, I can't find that truth in my life, I can't live you know, my purpose, I can't live my dream, it's this grind. And you know, we keep those ideas perpetuating and we keep the drinking, the drugs, whatever it is that is your, your crutch, it, it just brings us further and further and further away from our truth and the truth is there's probably some pain in there that needs to be dealt with there's probably some lack of love in there some shame some horrible stuff that we all suffer through and can be so debilitating um, and I think that's often what triggers this sort of full-blown depression um, like I said, there are times when I've been depressed, I have no idea what it even is or why it's there. It's just like a cloud of misery and agony um, sitting upon me. But I would certainly recommend not, I mean, it's fine to talk about it for a little bit, but find answers, seek answers. Why do you feel like crap? Why aren't you moving forward? I mean, it's not like the the publishing houses or agents or anything like that. It's not emotional for them, right? They're just looking for works for the most part. And is it good, bad? Do they have the time for it? You know, does it, is it in the genre they're, they're interested in? Um, so, you know, we can't let them dictate. And this is why I was saying back in a few um, podcasts before, this is the beauty of social media and Amazon and, and, and the self-publishing. You don't have to wait. Now, you know, you can put stuff out there. You can create email campaigns. You can do little ads. You can start little giveaways. Because my goodness, even just a few nice responses from people makes your day. You know, those negative ones can ruin your day. The crickets can ruin you. But those responses and just getting into sort of a, a cycle even if it's just a few people who read your works oh my goodness that's going to lift your spirits greatly um you know it often comes down to love love of ourselves love around us doing things we love to do doing things that make us happy you know i've been working at a job for years and it doesn't make me happy pays the bills, you know, but I have to, to balance that out with things that do make me happy. Friendship, walking in the woods, martial arts, writing, 
watching funny things. You know, the balance, the truth of my life is that. The truth of my life isn't the job if it's just to make a buck. You know, ideally, we're all going to be making money doing things we love, but obviously that's not always the case, but that's always the goal. Um, so if we're just stuck in one thing that we don't like or in a bad relationship, and then we feel like there's no way to escape and all the only thing we got is the bottle of drugs or whatever, uh, we must take, if we care enough about ourselves, small steps. It doesn't have to be big steps. Some little thing, go for a walk once a week. Even if you just change a habit 10 minutes of the day, I'm going to listen to meditation 10 minutes of the day. I'm going to listen to self-help. I'm going to listen to a writer. I'm going to listen to whatever. I'm going to go do this workout for 10 minutes a day. Little changes in the habits can make a huge difference. Um, you know, when I was alone, I lived in New York City. I, I, you can be the most alone person in the world and surrounded by 8 million. It really has nothing to do with that at all. It's how you're feeling about yourself, what your experiences are, um, you know, and, you know, counseling is really great. But find a way to keep writing because that's the beauty. Don't give up on the beauty. Don't allow the pain and the suffering to win. It can win temporarily and it will sometimes. But... Treat yourself with love, treat yourself with respect, try to do nice things for yourself, counseling, just watching something that switches the brain, switches the, the narrative, switches that pattern of thinking, because that's what often a lot of these emotions stem from, is a, a pattern of belief that we're no good, we're worthless, we're never going to get there. Horrible, horrible things, horrible self-talk. And uh, I guarantee you're worthwhile. I guarantee, you know, sometimes, but writing is a, a craft, is a skill. You got to keep working at it, right? Like building a house, like anything else, like painting and doing a beautiful, making a beautiful painting is not just going to happen, most likely. You got to work at it and understand the elements. Uh, take a class, you know, do whatever you can do to make yourself feel good and to buoy that. Just take a look at one more note here. You know, it's the worst thing when you feel no love, when you feel no light, when you're just in a dark chamber of pain and agony. And there are times that that lasted for days for me. A little better with it now. Um, sometimes death will still call to me. Uh, but now it's usually only for a few hours or something. Um, so if this has helped at all, then I, I am, I'm honored and thrilled. Please put comments down at the bottom uh, if you're watching on uh, YouTube or listening with the podcast. Um, you can sign up for my uh, um, newsletter and, and blog. Uh, DouglasRobbinsAuthor.com. Uh, you can check out my books, whatever. But um, you know, the pain, the bad thoughts we've all had since we were kids—they never set us free. They were never intended to set us free. And most of these beliefs are not truth. 
They're just some BS. We interpreted it at the moment because we didn't know any better. Parents didn't love us or whatever the story might be. And whatever the, the, that might have been, you're still alive. You still want to honor yourself. You still want to find that mountaintop. So, like I said, if you need to take so, so something to balance out the chemistry in your body, Mintran, there are plenty of things on the market that can help that don't have negative side effects. Uh, doctors, you know, psychologists can help just get that crap out. Journaling is very good, which is just sitting there typing or writing, you know, uh, for 20 minutes and just following this pain, following these, these thoughts, following this inner voice, um, and just getting it out, getting it out. And you'll find it is purging demons and you will feel much, much lighter afterwards. So. I bid you well. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Douglas Robbins Show. To find out more about Douglas and his books, check out douglasrobbinsauthor.com.